I love America. It's been my home all my life. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Welcome to Public Access America. This is your history. This is your country. This is America. Join us in listening to some of history's America's best speeches. Created by Jarcodes Productions. Go back in time with us right now on Public Access America. Dr. Larry, before we started taping, you were talking about some of the generational conflicts that were present back in 68 and, and how that has all changed. Maybe you'd like to expound on that a little. Well, 68 is a year that's of interest because there was so much cultural conflict. We think of the riots in Chicago, but then the student protests which spread around the country. And uh, I see this, as I think many others do, as a generational conflict. Uh, I belong to the older generation. I belong to the generation that grew up in the 20s and the 30s. Uh, we were called New Dealers. And I think that uh, my generation should be given a tremendous amount of credit. We were thrown, literally thrown into a future that no generation had faced before because of radio. And those of you out there that are between the ages of 50 and 90 will agree, we were the first kids to grow up with radio in our homes. Uh, I heard Franklin Roosevelt, I heard Hitler, I heard uh, Churchill, I heard the Boston Red Sox uh, happening, and of course telephone. Um, that, I think, led to my generation being notoriously uh, global in World War II and the Marshall Plan. Uh, I think my generation uh, gets a lot of credit because we were the first victors in world history that didn't, after we won the war, loot and rape and kill and pillage and occupy and exploit, uh, we treated our enemies, defeated enemies, like uh, delinquent uh, neighbors in Japan, Germany, here, uh, get back on your feet. So we get a lot of credit. However, uh, we were limited to uh, radio and telephone, and by 1968, a new generation had developed. This generation is as different from us, the new one, the, from the hippies or the baby boomers, as I'd say the... Uh, Reformation Protestants were from the old Catholics because of the printing press. The kids that uh, showed up in Chicago in 68 and that shook the world in 68 were television kids. They grew up from the earliest ages learning how to dial and tune realities. Uh, that's why they used the terms turn on and tune in. That didn't come from us Harvard professors. Uh, so you had a uh, the, almost a difference of, of breeds of people that saw the world differently. Uh, the, uh, 
The problem with those of you that belong to the baby boom generation, we'd be like 30 to 50, you're over. Your day is gone because there's a new generation coming up now that's going to produce uh, uh, another uh, misunderstanding. And these are the kids that grew up in the 80s where, as tiny children, they could change what was on the screen. Now, that's a power that nobody had uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. The average kid growing up in the 80s was exposed to more information and changing on screens more information than uh, the greatest philosophers in history. So at the present time, we have in this country uh, three generations of people that have, uh, are heroic. They were Captain uh, Kirk and Dr. Spock were, you know, Boy Scouts compared to uh, what we, we three generations have been through. And I think we understand that... Uh, the realities we inhabit are determined by the media we're exposed to as kids. Uh, and by the way, what I've said is an attempt to bring these generations together. My advice to anyone over the age of 50, or over the age of 30 for that matter, is make good friends with some kids under the age of 29. The 15-year-old kid next door will teach you how to play Nintendo, or will teach you the Mac, or will teach you how to... Uh, talk this new language, and uh, I think 68 is a reminder that we don't want that to happen again. Uh, instead of fighting among the generations, I think that we should praise each other this, and uh, work together. This new generation of kids raised in the, the digital age, yeah. um, how will they be significantly better, better off than uh, earlier generations, or will they? I didn't say better here. Uh, they're simply exposed to... Uh, mm -hmm more information, and that can be very confusing. <clears throat> I think the, the, the typical take which the media is giving us about this new generation, they're called the Generation X or this, I call them high techies. Uh, they're pretty cynical because they don't believe in politics and religion as much as you know, the hippies believed in peace and love, and, and these kids don't go for that. I say they're skeptical. I, uh, they can't look forward to the economic benefits that uh, their grandparents and parents had. They're they're not racist. They couldn't care less as long as you you know don't, they're they're quite individualistic that way. Nor are they sexist. You know they kind of judge each. Uh, they're developing their own personal style. The main thing about them is they're high tech. It's the digital generation, and uh, they can change screens. They can pull off uh, videotapes. They can. Uh, uh, take the 10 o'clock news and uh, have a Mickey Mouse instead of a Dan Rather. It's a high-tech generation who feel at home with a new language of, uh, of uh, multimedia graphics. And what's going to happen is what McLuhan predicted, a, a global village. Kids in Japan will be communicating with the kids in, uh, in uh, Dallas, Texas or with uh, London, England. Uh, they're different, but uh, I have a lot of hope in this new generation. So, some have said that um, this new generation of kids is more isolated. If you, if you sit in your room and play with your computer, you don't interact with other people. You're interacting uh, with machines. They've always, the grown-ups have always said that about the new... I remember Gutenberg telling me that they were, say that if you read a book, you won't have uh, any, you, 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 you won't be social. Uh, they said that about uh, the telephone. The aim of this new technology is to put people in communication. We've got the, uh, the 
Clinton's uh, electronic highway. Uh, it's going to put uh, people in better, better sync because we'll have a global language. Uh, the, the language of multimedia doesn't require Japanese words or English words. So it's going to bring us together. Uh, it gives us more, many more options. I must uh, break the news to uh, NBC. Uh, the power of uh, mass media and of big networks is going to diminish as we have local friend networks, uh, graphic bulletin boards. Uh, you'll all, we'll all belong to like 50 networks, small networks of people that we know, that we share uh, uh, interests or sports or, uh, or uh, intellectual uh, problems with. If, if tune in, turn on, drop out was the motto for 1968, what's the motto for today? <laughs> well, uh, one of my professions is to make bumper stickers and T-shirts. Uh, how about, uh, well, you want to turn on, boot up, uh, reformat, <laughs> hook up, <laughs> link up. <laughs> Upload, download. Upload, download, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I saw you uh, speak last year at, at uh, where you, was it the year before at Digital World here uh -huh. in L.A. in and Dallas, uh, uh, the Seabold Conference here okay. in L.A. Yeah, and uh, one of the um, it, it's an interesting grouping of the computer people with the entertainment people with uh, uh, several other disciplines kind of getting together. It, it, is that is that kind of blending together of media going to be t typical of this generation? Are we going to, by the time um, this generation uh, reaches the, their 50s, are we going to see a whole new way of communicating with one another? Right now, the hottest thing in Wall Street uh, Business Week is uh, the new multimedia, the merging of entertainment and uh, movies and uh, TV and computers and software and virtual reality. Uh, I must say frankly uh, that uh, if, uh, if you're over the age of 30 and you're involved in this, uh, you better hire a bunch of consultants that are in their teens. Uh, the average, these guys running around like Gates and uh, Sony and the industrialism, Time Warner, they don't have a clue as to what's going to happen unless they're smart enough to uh, bring aboard. Uh, uh, the older generation tries to impose uh, their ways on the new, like the uh, industrial mechanical factory ages, trying to impose. You, you can't do it. You got to be. Uh, it, it is going to be very different, and there are going to be. Uh, the nice thing about these uh, culture clashes is they're not going to be uh, demonstrations in the street. Uh, if you, there are like 400 kids now hooked up in a bulletin board, an electronic uh, computer bulletin board, uh, which involves about 40 countries. And these kids have their own societies. Uh, the Chinese kids in Tiananmen Square that were using the faxes. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty interesting use of the technology, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. You still had kids in the street, but they were they were linked electronically to their yeah. own generation in other countries. If, of all of the things that happened in 1968, the riots, the assassinations, the demonstrations. Um, what what are some of the most memorable things that that uh, you looking back twenty five years later that that you think will s stand out? Well, I found sixty eight very uh, very painful. Our job was to, to get LBJ out. 
uh, because you remember at the time, Bobby Kennedy was running uh, against Johnson. Get her on. Sorry about that. Sorry. You had asked a question about six Yeah, I'll ask it again. Yeah. Red Eye? Okay. Looking back on 1968, all the turmoil, all the events that went on then, what do you think will be the most memorable? Which ones will stand out in history? I hated Chicago. I didn't go. I felt there was no reason to go to Chicago because we had kicked LBJ out. Uh, Kennedy and Humphrey were running. It looked as though they were going to win. Nixon seemed... Uh, I, w I deplored because I knew there would be uh, a, a police riot there, which uh, I think that Chicago uh, really put uh, Nixon in office, and I felt very sad about that. Uh, there were uh, many great great events that happened, uh, Woodstock, of course, where you had half a million people coming together, the great mobilizations, uh, but uh, 68 was a hard year. We had uh, the assassination of uh, Bobby Kennedy, the assassination of Martin Luther King, the uh, terrible riots, the uh, election of uh, Richard Nixon. It's, uh, that was a, a big setback to the uh, hopes of uh, and the idealism of that period. Do you think we'll ever see conflict like that again in this country? I don't know. Is it okay to say that? <laughs> yeah, it's okay to say I don't know. <laughs> Pay me more and I'll give you an answer, okay? <laughs> I'll think of something. <laughs> uh, how would you like to be remembered in, in history? Well, uh, I have tried to lead a life of change. I'm, I think I'm one of the luckiest people that ever lived being born in America in the 1920s and gone through the radio, electric, telephone revolution and the uh, electronic TV revolution and now I'm very, very involved with people all under the age of uh, 30 with this new uh, digital revolution. I think I've had the, uh, about as good a time as anyone has ever lived and my secret is I hang around people that are smarter than I am and have something to teach me and uh, they ask me, uh, I have a lot of regrets. Uh, personal regrets, emotional regrets, as we all do. Uh, people say, uh, you know, do I regret about uh, taking LSD? Or uh, my answer is uh, two things I regret. I, I should have taken more psychedelic drugs and I should have made love more. So that's my, uh, put that on the tombstone, <laughs> if any. That's enough, huh? I think, I think... In that order? <laughs> In that order. <laughs> Rick, is yeah, there... Yeah, is, Okay, I think we pretty much... Yeah. Touched. Yeah, the, the things you say, uh, I know with my own children, um, uh, my 12-year-old daughter, if I have a problem with a computer, she can, she can fix it. And nothing flat, you know. It's it's very familiar and uh, easy territory for her. And, and uh, um, you know, I, I watch how kids uh, of her generation relate to media. They don't they don't sit and they don't sit and watch a TV show like Couch Potatoes. They zap through 
any number of channels in the course of a half an hour. The clicker gives so yeah. much. Uh, yeah. 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 And uh, and and my oldest daughter, when, when we're driving in the car, she'll she'll go through umpty up radio stations uh, in search of the right piece of music and. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they want to have control over the over the electronic media. I define that as learning how to operate your brain, mm -hmm. and you you just flood your brain with the frequencies and yeah. channels you want. Okay. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.